Praise the Lord. <laughs> For teacups and clankings. Jesus is awesome. And uh, today, the title of our message, we're going to continue with our series on taking responsibility. And the subtitle of this one is a Faith That Cannot Save. Yes, you heard me correctly. Faith That Cannot Save. We're going to open up with James chapter 2, verse 14. James chapter 2, verse 14. We are going to talk about some amazing stuff this morning. James chapter 2, verse 14. <clears throat> says, What good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can that faith save him? Implied, no. Can that faith save him? Listen, there's an understanding of faith. People just think that they just believe that there's a God, that they're going to go to heaven. <coughs> They just think if they believe in certain things, um, then it's going gonna, it's gonna to work out. <clears throat> That's like saying, I believe this screw gun will work, but I don't put the battery in it. See what I'm saying? I believe I can use this screw gun to put screws in, but I don't put a battery in the screw gun. It's not going to work if you only have half the tool. Okay, so <clears throat> there's a lot of things, man. You need to ask yourself, you know, um, am I? Are, are there parts of the Bible that I'm literally just, you know, pulling out of my scriptures, ripping them out page at a time, you know? How much of your Bible? If I was to come to your to your Bible, and you were going to pull up your Bible to me, how much of it would be ripped out? And I, you know, I had a guy come to me and started asking me all kinds of questions. Man, they're like, <clears throat> well, God does this and God does that and. You know, which one's true? So, I found one of these little Bibles that I have right here. And I just ripped it in half. And I said, hey, which side of the Bible do you want to believe? Here's the thing, man. Either we believe it all or we don't believe any of it. All of it or none of it. Oh, and if this offended you... How much more offended do you think God is when you do it in your heart? Thank you, Jesus. All of it or nothing. I might have just lost a lot of people there. But that's okay. Because the truth is, we, we've got we've to believe it 100% or don't believe it. Woo! Jesus is awesome. James chapter 2, verse 14. What does it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works, can that faith save him? No. The answer is no. If a brother or sister is poorly clothed, lacking in daily food, and one of you says to him, go in peace, be warmed and filled, without giving them the, need, the things needed for the body, but what good is that? So also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. Listen, if you claim to believe in Christ but your life is not transforming, then you're a liar. You don't know the truth. If you claim to know Christ, but you don't love people like Jesus loves them, then there's something wrong with your faith. Make sense? Now, this is real harsh work, but, you know, I'm telling you, this will jerk the slack out of you if you'll submit to it and you humble yourself. You know, it's real hard work. But Jesus is awesome. I'm telling you, Jesus loves us so much. 
And listen, this is what I'm this is what I'm saying. We settle for less when we just rip half the Bible out. We settle for less. We settle for less. Why are you settling for less? When we only take half of the gospel and believe only half of it. If you believe in Jesus but you don't believe that he heals your body, then you believe in half the gospel. If you believe in Jesus but you cannot forgive, then you believe in half of a gospel. If you believe in Jesus but you don't believe that you have victory over your sin right now, then you believe in half of a gospel. If you believe in Jesus but you don't believe for your finances, then you believe in half a gospel, maybe even less than half a gospel. You know? <laughs> we got to believe all of it. Now, I ripped this Bible on purpose because I knew it would offend a lot of people, but I'm tired of playing church. Why are we playing church? Amen. This has, listen, the scripture, this is not God. I didn't rip God. Jesus lives in our hearts. And if we rip those things out of our hearts, it's more offensive to God than ripping up a, a book. Yeah. You know? The Word of God is right here. Jeremiah says that he wrote his words in our heart. Yet we want to just rip the pages out. Rip the pages out. Rip the pages out. Rip the pages out. I don't believe that one. Or I read that passage, but I don't agree with that. It doesn't work that way. You believe all of it or none of it. <laughs> Jesus is awesome. That was an NIV anyway. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I just I'm telling you, if you if you turn off the TV uh, because of that, then you're religious. And I just have all the humble people left, okay? <clears throat> Cannot forgive. Cannot forget if you don't believe you have victory over sin, if you don't believe in victory over your finances, you only believe part of the gospel. We need to believe all of the gospel. And it doesn't need to just believe it, it needs to lead to action. Um Jesus talks about that in Matthew chapter 13. Matthew chapter 13. Alright. <clears throat> Jesus is awesome. Just keep reading right here. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that God is one. You do well. Even the demons believe. And they shudder. Do you want to be shown, you foolish person, that faith apart from works is useless? That's what the, James is saying that if we have faith but we don't have any action behind it, it's useless. Your faith is useless. And we can't miss this. But we want a hyper grace message saying that grace yeah. gives me a license to keep on sinning. Yeah. yeah. No. We have to, if we have entered into grace, then we've entered into Christ. Which means that we will not tolerate sin in our life. We will not tolerate sin in my, I will not tolerate sin in my life. Grace has no tolerance for sin. That's why it defeats it. Come on. Grace has no tolerance for sin. Listen. If you think that grace came to 
forgive you of your sin, you, you misunderstand the gospel. Grace does not forgive you. Mercy forgives you. Grace empowers. If you read over in Romans chapter uh, 5, let's see here. I don't want to lose my place here. Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5. <clears throat> so that as sin reigned in death, grace also might reign through righteousness, leading to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Chapter, chapter 6, verse 1. What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. Why does grace abound in sin? Because it takes more grace to defeat sin if you have more sin. It is not saying that grace is coming to let you keep on sinning. It's saying you need more grace to defeat the sin. Well, to get grace takes faith. Ephesians chapter 2 says, For it's not by your works that you're saved. It says it's by your faith. Let's go over to Ephesians chapter... See, so this is where people will say, well, what about Ephesians chapter 2? Well, how about you read all your Bible? Okay, I'm not going to try to get... I'm sorry. People just like to pick and choose what they want to believe. They read chapter 2, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 and 9, and they don't read chapter 10. I mean, verse 10. Again, ripping out scriptures. If you want to read me a scripture... And build a theology and doctrine off of it, but don't want to listen to the rest of Scripture and balance your theology off of the rest of the Scripture. I don't really want to listen to your false doctrine. Amen. You know? And this is why I'm so careful, man. And so again, I've gotten away from one-liners. If people can't read a five-page post, then they don't have the patience to learn the truth anyway. So why am I interested in giving you a one-liner to satisfy and tickle your ear? Huh? I'm not interested in tickling your ear. That's what a one-liner does. I want the word in your heart. So I'm tired of people who can't stand a long-winded pastor. If, you, know what long, you know what? If you can't stand a long-winded pastor, then you're not patient, which means that you don't have fruit of the Spirit. Yeah. Mm, that's good. <laughs> if you can't stand it, if you can't stick with it, then you know what? Just go live like the rest of the world. Stick with your 20-minute sermon and uh, and think that 20 minutes a, a week is going to help your whole life and and just keep on screwing up. I want people who are hungry. I'm not interested in people. I'm not interested in the crowd, man. Jesus was not interested in the crowd. I'm interested in those that are hungry. When I read the scriptures, I, I gorge on the scriptures. I don't read my little 15-minute, uh, you know, app on the on my iPhone that has one verse that tries to answer all of my questions in my life in one verse. I gorge on the Word of God. I'll read seven chapters at a time, eight chapters at a time, 15 chapters at a time, because I don't want one little cookie-canned Christianity. You know what I mean? Mm. I want the Word. I want all of it. I want all of it, which means. And when I start preaching, I start talking for a long time. <laughs> you know? I had somebody, uh, I'm not, if this person watches this video, I'm not being mean to this person. It's just, uh, it's just a thought, okay? So if this person watches this video, please don't be offended about what I'm about to say. But I had somebody comment, comment on a, a video I, I posted one time. It was an hour and 20 minutes long on why 
healing is God's will all the time. And they go, well, yeah, I mean, an hour and 20 minutes. Wow, golly. Now, I don't think this person meant it like that. This person wanted to listen to the whole message. He was just trying to find time to do it. But I know there's other people out there that saw the hour and 20 minutes and said, I ain't, ain't going to watch that. <laughs> Ever. You know? Now, that person, I know, was watching the video. But it, it showed to me that there's other people out there Saw the hour and 20 minutes, checked out right away, said, forget this, I ain't ever watching this. Listen, if we are hungry, we will do whatever is necessary. We will sacrifice an hour and 20 minutes of our life. We will sacrifice an hour and 20 minutes of every single day. We'll sacrifice six months. <laughs> You'll sacrifice six months of four hours of teaching a day. <laughs> Which seems very little now. It seems very little now, yeah. Where am I at? Ephesians wow. chapter 2. Listen, people lack endurance. They want the answer right now. They want to punch the microwave 30 seconds and cook a, a, a frozen chicken. Yeah. You can't cook your frozen chicken with a 30-second timer on the microwave. <laughs> the enemy never sleeps. Yeah, oh my. You know, listen, if you don't have problems in your life, then, number one, you're no threat to the devil. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm sorry, this is not the message. Let's go, Ephesians chapter two. And you were dead in the trespasses of your sin of sins, in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind and were by nature children of wrath, like the rest of mankind. But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, mercy comes because of love, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you have been saved, and raised up with him, and seated, with, seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Watch this. So then in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. Watch this. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. Okay, watch this. Why is it saying it's not your own doing? It's saying you can't do enough, and you can't quit enough to become a Christian. You can't do enough and quit enough to be forgiven by God. The reason why is because we already messed up. We were yeah. already in the pit. We were already condemned. The scripture says that, listen, I had somebody come to me one time, and they said, Zach, can you tell me if I don't receive Jesus, I'm going to hell? I said, no, you're already going to hell. And if Jesus, if you don't receive Jesus, you don't get out of hell. Yeah. Like, he's the ladder out of hell. Like, why would you, are you in, woo, go for it. You know? <laughs> if you were in a pit, and there was a ladder coming into your pit, and I was down there with you, and I said, hey man, you need to go up this ladder and get out of this pit. And you looked at me, are you telling me that if I don't get on that ladder, that I'm going into a pit? No, dummy, you're already in the pit. If you want to get out of the pit, you got to climb up the ladder. Awesome. You're already yeah. condemned. This guy was thought while I was being a bigot, saying that, well, if you don't choose Jesus, that you're going to hell because God's mad at you because you rejected his son. <laughs> you rejected my son. I'm going to send you to hell. That's not what the gospel is. The gospel is you are already in hell. You are already going to hell. You are already falling in the pit. And Jesus came and rescued you out of the pit. Yeah. Everybody wants to blame somebody else, though. Anyway, they don't want to take responsibility. This is what we're talking about, taking responsibility. 
Your sin already condemned you in Jesus Christ. Listen, you could not do it. You are already in the pit. You can't get out. So when it talks about the the gospel, the grace gospel of how it's not by your works, lest anyone should boast, what it's saying is you couldn't get out. He had to come down and get you. That's what it's talking about. But once you get out, now you got work to do. Yeah. Also, faith climbs the ladder. If <laughs> No, listen, the ladder was, he dropped the ladder in it. That's the work that you didn't have to do. But you're going to have to climb up the ladder. And keep climbing. You see? Keep climbing. Keep climbing. I used to think, this is how bad it gets, man. Hyper grace message. It, nothing. You, you don't have to do anything to receive Christ. I don't even have to pray then. Well, that's a work. You know that? I got to open my mouth and say, Jesus is Lord. That's a work. Right? So if they say, so they would say it's not by your works. So I, there came a point where I looked at my dad. I remember talking to my dad. I said, dad, if it's not by works, then I don't, why do we even say a sinner's prayer? You know, if it's not by works and I have to pray to receive Christ, well, that's a work. So this hyper no works message, hyper grace message, almost led me to stop leading people to Jesus because I thought, well, it was already taken care of. But that's not the gospel. The gospel, there's two parts of the gospel here. You are justified by Jesus Christ. You did not work for that. But when you get saved, you have to receive it. That's a work. That is your faith being, activ <clears throat> being activated and now you do a work. See? What it is, is you don't listen. What grace is, <clears throat> grace is your access. Grace is your access. Listen, it's like somebody says, I'm going to give you the $30,000 to go buy that Chevy Camaro. Here's, you didn't earn the $30,000, but he gave you the $30,000. Now you got to go and buy it. There's a, if you believe that what the gift he gave you was enough, you will act on the faith that you have in the gift that he gave you that it was enough to get you the gift. So now you've got to take the, the purchase price and cash it in. See? Mm -hmm. So in Jesus, we've got to cash it in. Listen, all these things, you've got to cash it in. You've got to cash all of it in. Mm. It, this is the work that's required of you. Once you believe that it was enough, that you couldn't have done enough, that he did enough to make you able to purchase it. You see? Yeah. The 30, you, didn't buy, you didn't earn the $30,000. But now that you have the $30,000, you have to do something with it to go buy the Chevy Camaro. I have the blood of Jesus. I didn't earn that. For by, by the love of Christ, he loved me so much, he paid the price for me to have that. I have to take the blood of Christ and apply it to all these different areas in my life. And then I have to believe that it's enough to change it. I have to believe that it's enough to change me. If I don't believe in faith, which requires no works at the beginning, if I don't believe it will change me, then I won't actually take steps for change, and I won't actually experience the change, and I won't actually experience salvation. Hmm. Otherwise, Peter never would have got on the water. He would have just been lifted up, started walking on the water without moving his feet at all. But that's not how faith works. That's a misunderstanding of faith. 
See, grace you didn't have to earn, but faith you have to work. Yeah. You hear this? Grace you don't earn, but faith you have to work. Mm. Say that again. You can't earn grace, but grace comes by faith, which requires work. It's a response to the faith you already have. It's a response to the faith in the grace that I've been given freely. Does, it, does this make sense? Yeah, perfect. Crystal clear. The grace that I've been given, I couldn't have done enough to get. But I believe that I couldn't have done enough to get it. I believe that it was enough to give me victory in my life. Now, if I believe that, I will act. Yeah. It's not a, a works-based faith. It's a faith-based work. Mm. And if my work is not there, then my faith is never complete. Faith is, listen, the beginning of faith doesn't have work, but the completion of faith requires work. Faith sees a building before you begin. But if you don't start putting a hammer to the building, your faith will never be realized. Yeah. That's good. I have to put the hammer to the work. Check this out. Ephesians chapter 2. Verse 8, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing, it's a gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Well, I got grace, I can keep living in my sin, it's my license to keep living the way I want. That's Wrong. That's False gospel, you're not saved. It's a faith that cannot save. You're not realizing and putting your faith in the proper grace. Yeah. If you understood that grace gave you the power to overcome and to make you expand in your victory, that that faith can save you. But if you believe in a grace that just lets you keep on sinning, then you've received a false gospel. And you like to continue to be a victim. And you like being a victim, which is actually not the gospel. You see? Does this make sense? That's word. Be it according to your faith, Jesus said. Jesus never said that these other people didn't have faith. He said, be it according to your faith, which means they had faith. It's what did they have faith in? <laughs> Half a gospel? A Bible with some ripped up pages in it? Man, I'm really worried I'm going to lose a lot of people here, but that's okay because I'm not here to please people. I'm here to explain the word of God. And... If people have patience, they'll listen to this whole teaching and they'll understand what I'm trying to say here. God is faithful. We must also be faithful. This is good stuff. I still haven't got to my notes yet, but that's okay because Jesus is awesome. <clears throat> Where am I at? Colossians, go to... Uh, no, no, let's just keep going in, in James. Check this out. Do you want to be shown, you foolish people, that faith apart from works is useless? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered up his son Isaac on the altar? See, it said that he believed God and it was considered righteousness. But he was it was solidified when he believed God even when God told him to kill his son. It was solidified. He didn't worship the gift. He worshiped the giver. But how many times do we worship the gift? And when the gift's taken away, we decide the giver is a liar and we don't want to be with him anymore. Well, things aren't going my way. 
So I'm just going to give up on God. <laughs> I had somebody text me that one time. F this. God's not real. I'm all my oh, I'm about to go into super debt and all my bills aren't going to be. I said, "Listen, dude, that's the, that's the lie from the enemy. You need to believe the Lord. Hang in there. Remember, faith without impossibility is not faith." And he said, "Okay, I forgot about that." <laughs> Next day, got three checks in the mail and paid all his bills. You know? Faith without works is dead. Faith without works is useless, the scripture says. It's not just dead, it's useless. It's useless, which means it doesn't work. Faith without works doesn't work. <laughs> I can feel the t shirt. Faith without works doesn't work. <laughs> That's awesome. And that means so many different things. <laughs> That's so cool. That's a play on words, man. That's good. Okay, you believe that God, watch this. <clears throat> you see that faith was active along with his works, and faith was completed by his works. And the scripture has was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him as righteousness, and he was called a friend of God. You see that a person is justified by works and not by faith alone. This is the Bible. This is the Bible. I just want to reiterate, this is the Bible, what I'm reading. I'm not reading some extra canonical book. I'm reading out of our canonical list that everybody agrees is a scripture and the God-breathed word of God. Right here. But we miss this. We miss it. Here's what it is. It's not about taking something and running 100% with it. It's taking something and running 100% with it, and when you hear something else in the Word, running 100% with that too, and saying, God, how does this work out? Because I thought it was just by grace, and I don't have to work. But right here, it's saying, if I don't work, it's dead. So how does this work? Both are right. Receive both 100%, full-hearted in your heart, and don't try to sugarcoat either one. They both are right. They both work out. But you have to rightly divide the Word of God and balance it in your life and understand that everything in the Word of God, it means that. It really means that. How do I balance it? How do I make this complement this? You see? Listen, I ask you right now. How many people do you know that believe that grace just gives you, basically covers my sin and that it doesn't give me victory over my, my sin right now? How many of those people do you see living a victorious life? It's because they believed a lie. They believe half of a gospel. Is according to their faith, and their faith would lead to work if they believed it. How many people do you see that don't believe in healings actually ever see healings and miracles? They don't. Mm. It's when the person who starts to believe in it, they start to see it. It's never you never believe according to your experience, you believe according to the word of God. Then it will bring experience. Wow. If you act. If you trust, so, listen, true faith pulls the parachute, man. True faith jumps out of the, of the door and pulls the parachute. If you don't believe the parachute's going to work, you're not going to jump out the door. <laughs> I just forgot you were a paratrooper. <laughs> I'm sure you could teach a whole lot on that. I'm telling you. Golly, Jesus is awesome. See? 
You see that faith was active along with his works, and faith was completed by his works, and the scripture was fulfilled that says Abraham believed God, and it was counted as righteous. You see that person is justified by works and not by faith alone. In the same way, was not also Rahab the prostitute justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out by another way? For as the body apart from the spirit is dead, so also faith apart from works is dead. Mm. Not many of you should become teachers, my brothers, for you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. It says, for we'll be judged with greater strictness, for we all stumble in many ways, and if the person, if, and if, if, if he is a perfect man, also, able also to bridle his whole body, if, if we put bits in the mouths of the horses so that they obey us, we guide their whole bodies as well. Look at the ships talking about... Um, Taming your tongues. Mm-hmm. Anyway, whatever you're saying, that's what you're believing. High spark instead of great fortune. Whatever you say is what you believe. Whatever you say is what you believe. Whatever you believe is what you do. Whatever you say is what you believe. Whatever you believe is what you do. So be careful what you say. Be careful what you think. Guard your heart. What are you hearing? Whatever you hear is what you believe. Whatever you believe is what you speak. Whatever you speak is what you do. Whatever you do is the result you get. It's good stuff. Mm. Colossians. This is good stuff. Listen, we need to believe the word of God. It is life, man. Grace is the power to overcome. And the scripture says in Ephesians chapter 2, for by grace you've been saved. Do you believe it will save you? This is about being saved. It's not about being exempt from consequences from my sin. It's about giving me dominion over sin. It's about giving me dominion over the darkness. I am the light. I didn't put up an umbrella and somehow darkness didn't touch me. I know that don't make sense to you. I, you know I, what I'm saying? If darkness was coming after you and then you put up a shield, like an umbrella, to do, that doesn't work. Listen, does that make sense? It, it's illogical to say that a light bulb of darkness was shining on your life and you put up an umbrella to hide from it. It's illogical. Now I can put up an umbrella and go into the shade. Grace is not... An umbrella. Grace is the light switch to your light bulb. Boom! Shines the light. It overcomes the darkness. I know that's a weird illustration, but I had to say it because it doesn't make sense. Just like it doesn't make sense that grace saves you from... That grace forgives you. Grace doesn't keep you from darkness. Grace calls you into darkness to beat the crap out of it. Amen. That's awesome. Grace gives me victory. When the light shines, the darkness flees. If grace comes into your life, then sin flees. Come on. What kind of light are you believing in? I want, dude, grace is, ain't some puny little light bulb on your computer screen. You know, your little light bulb that blinks. Blink. Blink. It's not grace. 
<laughs> Grace is like allergen light that, you know? <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> That's Grace, man. We got to understand. We don't have... Listen, when we say we can keep on sending in grace, we have what's called a cheap grace. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, he is one of my favorite guys to read, man. He says that Cost of Discipleship is a good book. Hard read. Probably takes you four years to read it. It's taken me about ten. I still haven't finished the book. Dietrich Bonhoeffer. This guy was a martyr for the faith in Germany. I believe Hitler killed him. Dietrich Bonhoeffer. He said when, when Jesus calls a man, he bids him come and die. What's your definition of an abundant life? Maybe you should ask Jesus. Wow. When Jesus calls a man, he bids him come and die. This man was sold out for Jesus. He realized that abundant life wasn't anything except knowing Jesus. Yeah. When you know Jesus, then let Jesus expound on these things. It will cost you everything. Yeah. It will cost you everything. Faith that cannot save. Faith that can save costs you everything. He who seeks to gain his life will lose it. He who seeks to lose his life will gain it. It will cost you everything. He says, we have cheap grace. Petitia Bonhoeffer in his book says, cheap grace. We, we have a cheap grace. Thank you for tuning in to the Bold as a Lion Ministries podcast. If you like that teaching and you want more, go to our website at boldasalignedministries.com. At the top of that page, you'll see a button that says Teaching and Discipleship. Click on that. We've got free MP3s. We've got free PDFs. Download it as much of it as you want. Also, if you like what we're doing here and you want to see more, you want to hear more, consider becoming a monthly sponsor. Right now, we're running a campaign called Project 500, okay? And this is geared towards three different aspects of our ministry. The first one is the ministry planting and also the online media and outreach system. Uh, like what you're listening to right now, all of the funding that goes into that will go into uh, helping us with uh, media and also uh, helping us with planting new ministries. Okay, the next one is for uh, the Barracks Discipleship and Recovery House. We have a drug recovery house, so if um, that's a that's a thing that's in your heart, uh, consider donating to that. Our third thing is our international missions organization called Ixthus International. It's a Greek word. It means fish because the Lord called us to go out and be fishers of men. So we're focused on those three things right now, and right now we're trying to raise 500 sponsors at $20 or more a month. If you can't give that much, maybe you can just consider making a one-time donation Every little bit helps. Go to the website. Find what it is that you're passionate about that can help us help you help the world. Thank you so much and God bless.